We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oh, Andy Lou, we got we got a special guest here today. The Bay Area's favorite player. I, I gotta be the best favorite role player in the last four, five years by far. I think I was talking with you about it. I think behind Steph Curry, he's the most beloved warrior among fans these days. Hot take, hot take, no? Looney, what's up, man? Appreciate you hopping on. No problem. Thanks for having me. That's a great uh, answer. <laughs> yeah well i wanted to start with this you guys just played the lakers and uh you know post-game press conference first thing steve kerr says is you guys were a lot more connected and i feel like we've heard all off season about connectivity right and it's just kind of you know, it's it gets funny after a while because it's the only thing you hear and so i gotta ask you what does connectivity actually mean to you uh to me just getting everybody on the same page uh you know, after we had coming off a championship, you kind of, you know, enjoy the summers a lot. You're not talking to nobody. You kind of get away from everybody because it's such a long journey. But uh, this year it was, you know, more locked in in summer. We had some mini camps uh, for the first time. It, since I've been here, we never did that before. So we had two different mini camps. And uh, just get everybody on the same page, make sure we all got the same goal. Uh, we got new new players, uh, new faces. So just make sure everybody uh, you know, know, knows what's going on. My favorite part of the offseason was uh, was Steve Kerr talking about um, you're not going to be the first guy sitting on the bench, right? You're you're someone that's going to be closing games, starting games. Like you're not just someone that's because you're super nice and a good. I, like that's what they say. I, again, right. I don't know that you're yeah. just going to be happy just just coming off every single time. So I mean, I, like that's pretty cool, right? That's got to be pretty cool coming from someone that's had a bunch of injuries at least in the start of your career, drafted late in the first, and all that. Now you're a core member of this team, like. That's got a pretty sweet feeling. Uh, definitely. Just to be able to know, to know I work my way up to be on that level where I get that respect that, you know, we got five other guys on the team that's our, that were all-stars. And uh, so for them to say that and have give me the opportunity to, you know, prove my point, to have a chance to be able to be a starter or a close game, even if I do come off the bench or I don't close game, just to put me in that, in that group uh, with, with those type of guys just, shows how far I've come. You know, I know my first two years, he definitely wouldn't have said that. So I know I'm getting better. I know that the work that I'm putting in is paying off. So it's just a, you know, a good honor. 
Nice. So you guys played your first preseason game. I know you guys only played like a quarter and a half, well, like 10, 15 minutes or so for the main guys. What was it like playing with Chris Paul? Because every Warrior fan's yep. just like, you know, you, hard to imagine <laughs> given how much, you know, history the, there is on both sides. Right? I asked the most this summer, how is Chris Paul? <laughs> uh, it, was, it, was, uh, it, it was fun. You know, uh, his IQ, he fits right in. He, he, he pushes the ball. Uh, no, he's a, he's one of the best passers in, in NBA history. So uh, he makes our, our my job a lot easier. I know learning from him, uh, learning how to play pick and roll with him was a little bit different. And then, uh, you know, so it's gonna be a learning curve just to get used to to hit the passes that he throws. I, sometimes I get caught off guard because he sees openings that you might not see. So it's been a, it's been a lot of fun uh, having him in the locker room. He's he's another guy that's a uh, that's gonna talk a lot. He's gonna talk a lot through film sessions, and uh, he's another guy that's gonna have a lot of edge uh, on the court. So it's gonna be fun uh, uh, having him out there. It's gonna be fun to see him and Draymond together, you know, talking talking trash to different people. So I'm excited for it. Is he gonna turn you into a lob threat too? Because we saw yeah, one. I mean, hey. I my first one uh, off guard. I was I was surprised. I didn't think he was gonna. I was ready for a putback, not a lob. So uh, <laughs> gotta change my mindset a little bit. <laughs> we had a couple fan questions come in, and I, and I have to get to this one because I would say this guy's like the foremost. Looney fan on Twitter, my guy, layman analyst, NBA. He wants to know what was the absolute favorite screen you've set? What was the situation and what was the outcome? Favorite screen, uh, man. I would have to say last year in the playoffs versus the Kings, Malik Monk has have was trying to run me over a lot of the series, like trying to run through my screens like I was a, a little guy or something. And uh, the once I think I got called for a moving screen, but I, I took him out. I hit him hard. He fell on the ground. He, I think he was he, he was grabbing his ribs, and that was probably my favorite one of, of last year, just because he was trying to run through me, and I and I put him down. And even if it was a moving screen, I don't care. I got to I got to get my lick back on him, and that was, so that was probably my my favorite one. Who's the uh, before we get to the next one? Who's the, who's the guy that that you feel like? For me, watching you through the years, I always feel like you've done a great job of James Harden. That's the one everyone's kind of like, all right, um, it, it's easy money for James Harden, right? Back in his MVP days, this is 2017, 18, I'm sure, obviously. <laughs> and they would just throw throw you at him, and national TV audience would be like, oh, that, that's that's you know, that's all day for James Harden. You do a great job on him. So to me, that was always someone that was like, okay, like people don't know that Loom can guard Harden. Who's another guy that you, I don't know if you love guarding Harden, but who's another guy that you love guarding? Um, that people, uh, I wouldn't say I love guarding any of these guys, but <laughs> in years past, I had a lot of I wouldn't say I had a decent amount of success versus Chris Paul. He being on that Houston series, so him being on my team, I kind of know his game inside out because I got ISO probably a hundred different times guarding him. Uh, I feel like I did a, a decent job when we played Dallas a few years ago guarding Luca. Mm -hmm. Uh, he's not an easy guard, he probably still scored like 40, but I feel like I, I made it tough for him. He just couldn't walk past me like people thought he would. So I would probably say those few, just because I don't want to keep giving the list. They might try to attack me next time we play them. So we're probably going to try to go for 50 when I hold them next time. But yeah. <laughs> All right. Who's the, who's the opposite then? Who's the guy you're like, God, I, I got to go to bed a little extra early tonight. It's going to be a tough one. Uh, I mean, guarding those, guarding Embiid and Jokic and Giannis, I feel like I do a decent job, but it's gonna, I know it's going to be a long night. Uh, it's going to be a physical match. I got to be locked in. I know I got to come in a little bit early. I got to make sure that I, I'm, I'm iced up 
the, the night before because I'm going <laughs> to be taking a lot of hits and I'm going to be giving a lot of hits. So it's going to be a long night. So them, them three are always tough for different reasons. Uh, yeah. But them, them three is probably the, the hardest guards. That makes sense. Uh, all right. You're talking to two, two lifelong Warrior fans here. I feel like the number one question I always want to ask players, what's the, I know you guys lurk online. I know you see what the fans are saying. Uh, you may or may not respond back. What do you think is the biggest misconception Warrior fans have about the Warriors, just in general? Uh, misconception? I mean, y'all be kind of tuned in. Y'all, got, y'all be having to post uh, the theme uh, pretty well. Uh, I, I wouldn't say there's any too many misconceptions. We've been – everything that we do is kind of like on front street and everybody kind of knows sure. what's going on in the locker room. Uh, no, we probably are the most famous teams, uh, it feels like, uh, the last few years. So I wouldn't say there's any misconceptions. Uh, but we do hear everything and we do see everything and. <laughs> and Steph and Clay and all these guys definitely have a chip on their shoulder to prove the fans wrong uh, that we're that we're not washed up and different things <laughs> like that. So uh, I wouldn't say any misconceptions, but they do hear everything, and I think we're excited to you know, show that we still got a lot left in the tank. Yeah, I would I would not want to look at Steph's mentions given how uh, <laughs> just how how global he is. Just yeah, and all the all the people who are fans of other teams, it's it's got to get pretty rough in there. <laughs> I try not to look at it, but I know it, it gets it gets rough. I know after a playoff game, if I have a a bad first quarter, two quarter, I know I'm getting killed. Uh, we need another big man. We need this. So I, so I try to stay away. <laughs> well, they're always trying. I mean, they're always talking about getting. Another, that's a funny thing you bring that up because I feel like every offseason Warriors fans are always asking for another. But you played 82 games last season. You know last what I mean? Season. That is a. It's incredible. People don't want you to get hurt, right? People are kind of like, I guess the Dwight Howard's. I don't know if you can even speak on it, but that's kind of like how Warriors fans always. Like, oh, we need a big, we need a big man. We need because you know. I, I always find that funny because I only play like twenty four or five minutes a game. I like mm-hmm. maybe they should just give me more minutes. <laughs> I, don't need to, <laughs> I, I don't need that much of. I don't need that much of a rest. So I, I don't. I don't really be worried about it. <laughs> well, this season might be thirty. Yeah, maybe oh. we can see. <laughs> How are you feeling about this year's team? I, I feel like the uh, it's preseason, but you guys look pretty deep. I think that my big takeaway was like 10, 11, 12 guys who are like legit rotation players. Uh, definitely. I think uh, I think we're a lot deeper, and I think that just shows the growth that, you know, J.K. and Moses are making. Uh, I feel like they uh, learned a lot last year. We, we leaned on them a lot, uh, especially when Wiggs was hurt and Steph was hurt, when guys missing towards the second half of the season. I think they – they learn from that, and then having Gary back and having him a, a, for training camp and having him a whole season is going to make us a lot better. And adding Dario, the guy that kind of fits our system and fits our style of play, has a lot of uh, experience. Uh, and having Chris, I, I think we're just a lot deeper. Our, our IQ as a team is a lot higher, and I think uh, as long as we're healthy, I think we're going to be a, a real tough beat. And uh, I think you've seen last game our what our bench can do. Uh, you know, we we always been struggling without having Steph on the court. I think this year right. it might be a chance for us to. No, we might not be better. We're definitely not going to be better, but we still could be okay, and we should be able to you know, you know, hold a lead or take a lead with our, our, our young guys. Everyone's uh, favorite uh, breakout guy is coming into this season is, is Kaminga. So how, how's he been this offseason? Uh, he's been great, uh, especially playing pickup with him this summer. He's been great. Uh, training camp, he's been one of the best players on the court every time he's been out there. You can just tell uh, he's been in the, in the lab uh, – you know, the things that been, they've been harping on, on them about is rebounding and uh, 
you know, taking his defensive uh, to another level. And I think he's been doing that all at training camp. Yeah. Uh, he's taking on the challenge guard, guarding the best players. Uh, you're hitting the glass every game uh, as, as much yeah. as possible. He had eight rebounds last game. So he's been listening, taking it all, all in. I think he's taking that, 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 that growth as a player. Uh, he knows what his role is going to be. We know he knows what to expect from us, uh, from uh, what the coaches expect from him. So uh, having Chris Paul, I think he's going to take his game to another level as well. Uh, so I'm excited to see what he what he does, and uh, I think everybody's right about having him as they breakout yeah. player. Yeah, growth growth as a player. Are you bringing back the mid range jumper, or are you adding the three? Are you what are you adding to your game? Because you seem like you add something every year. I mean, are you, are you lob uh, threat, lob yeah, threat, Chris and Paul? Right? <laughs> I, I definitely go. Probably catch a few more live and catch, uh, I want to shoot a little bit more mid ranges, uh, especially yeah. playing with Chris Paul in uh in the pick and roll, just being more aggressive in the pocket. Uh, I, I work on threes, but we got enough guys shooting threes. We shoot like seventy threes a game, so I don't think I need that. <laughs> need, to, need to do that. But I just, just yeah. want to shoot more mid ranges and improve my free throws. It's something I've been uh, working on all summer. Uh, being, I think I, I did a good job playmaking last year, but. Just, to add another level, uh, level to that, uh, being continue to be a better decision maker and uh, making more plays off the dribble is also something I, I've been working on. So we got word you won an award this off season. Yeah. We'll play it for you. With it, So all my fellow glass winners out there, I'm honored to be the first one to win this with it, I got a lot of hardware at home, but nothing's bigger than this. Huge honor. Thanks for everyone that voted for me. Yo, it's so good. So yeah. tell us about uh, so tell us about this Windex trophy you got. Yeah, I was uh, I won the first ever Windex glass cleaner award. Uh, it was I was voted by the fans. It was a it's a huge honor to say I, I won that, especially it being a, a fan vote but to be recognized by the fans as one of, as the top glass cleaner in the league, and uh, it's definitely just uh, something that I didn't. Think I was going going to win. I saw it going around on the internet. I'm like, man, man, that'd be cool if I won. I had a great playoffs. So like, man, that that'd be dope. And uh, for me to actually win it uh, is just a huge honor. Something that I've been uh, honing on and, and practicing, and something that I wanted I wanted to win. And uh, like like my dad been yelling at me about rebounding my whole life, about boxing out, and all these different things, and to be recognized and be able to get a trophy to him and have it at his house is, is just a huge honor. Yeah, we can get a thirty rebound game this year. Finally, I mean, you you were getting twenties in the playoffs. Twenties like, only. I mean, yeah, it was nothing. Is there a number? Is there a number you're shooting for this year? I haven't broke the twenty five mark yet, so I'm gonna start with twenty five. That'd be that'd be dope. Uh, thirty is the is the is the ultimate dream. I think a few players that got to thirty in the last few years. Uh, I think maybe Dwight Howard was the last one, or Kevin Love. I think Kevin Love. I think I feel it too. I, yeah. So that'd be dope to be able to get on that list because I know it's it's a rare list, but I have Steph and Clay on my team. They don't really miss that often. I don't know if I'll be able to get uh, <laughs> get that rebounds with them shooting, but I'm I'm gonna try. It Man. might need to be one. It might need to be one of the games they rest, right? Get someone yeah, in there a little, a little less accurate. There we go. <laughs> Come I on, really appreciate you, man. Congratulations on the award. Uh, Sam calls you Moses Maloon, so we'll let you head out <laughs> with that one. And uh, 14 and a half rebounds last postseason. Congratulations, Windex winner. Thank you, sir. Right, thank you Appreciate so much. you, man. Have a great one. This week's Light Years podcast brought to you by Game Time. Sam, I was in New York, and I wanted to catch my first ever Yankee Stadium game. Went to it last second. The app that I used to buy the tickets was... Game time, because buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets. 
and the best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you will have. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, all the above. The game time guarantee means you will always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or row for less, game time will actually credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without distress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use light years, L-Y-G-H-T-Y-E-R-S, for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Create an account and redeem code LIGHTYEARS for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, over under, does Looney hit 25 rebounds? Over. Easy over. Look at him. He's in a great mood. He's happy. He's laughing it up. Says he's going to be a lob threat. He goes to Chris Paul. I can't disagree. He got one. You see how he lightened up to that one? He's just, he's just so happy. He's a good... Just a good vibes person on a good vibes team and what hopes to be a good five season, fam. That's yeah, that was that was my favorite part where he's like, Oh, I didn't really think he was gonna make that pass. That's awesome. Yeah, man. I feel like I feel like good vibes all around. Let's talk Kuminga for a minute, because I thought that was interesting. Yep. I know he's not gonna go in deeper into it, but right. the first preseason game, obviously we spent most of the post-game show talking about Kuminga. Rightfully so. He was the story of the game. Uh and and you keep hearing about it. Like it wasn't lip service in the offseason. It seems like he was really focused on getting better. Uh, it seems like his teammates buy into it. You're, you're kind of hearing it. You're hearing from the coaching staff. You heard Looney just tell us that. Are you buying the year three Kuminga breakout? Is it? Are you officially all in, or do you need to see another game or two? He, he called him the best player in, in training camp. Called him mm-hmm. the best player. I, I was kind of, I don't know if you saw my reaction, kind of like yeah. raised my <laughs> eyebrows a little bit. I was like, oh, wow. Um, I'm buying it. I'm buying it, Sam. I'm buying it all day. I don't, I, I'm still a little, I'm, I'm moving a little, you know, carefully with the Chris Paul stuff. I'm buying the Kaminga stock. Um, I was probably the one that was writing him off a little bit more than a lot of the, the Warriors fans, but he, the ability that he's shown to buy in, he had an incredible quote after the game, basically saying that he told the Warriors coaches to hold him accountable to rebounding. If I'm not rebounding, if I'm not doing the right thing, you you stop practice. You tell me. I'm I'm sure it's a little bit exaggerated, but that sounds like someone that wants to win. Like not not wants to play. That sounds sounds like someone that wants to win. And I mean that's let's, that's all that's all I think. Let's I mean, pull that one up real quick. By oh, the way, dude, you are this. locked in. Look at this. Let's go. Eight rebounds tonight. And I think maybe all on the defensive end. I mean, how big is that stat for you? Uh, that's something I've been really working on. Uh, if I don't do it in practice, they're going to stop practice. And so it's been a consistent thing every single day. I'm not great at it yet, but I'm working on it. How do you work on rebounding? Just crashing every single time. I'm not standing, not watching when the ball go up. Just trying as much. I'm trying as much as I can to be in the pen every single time. Just being a mix every time. Because most of the time, the ball just falls in your hands without knowing. So that's what I'm working on. You just having to train. He's just like, reacting, reacting fast as long as soon as the ball go up, just throw yourself out there in the mix. Doesn't it sometimes feel like like Andrew Wiggins? You know, like remember Wiggins notoriously didn't rebound in Minnesota. And it, it was always one of the more frustrating things. It's like, dude, you're the best athlete on the floor. How are you getting two rebounds a game? Right. And JK kind of like that too in the early part. And then uh clicks at some point it's like if I want it, you know, bigger, faster quicker than everyone i can just get it right 
Yep. Uh, and and honestly, like if they have two wings who crash like that, I'm not really concerned about size issues with this team. You are, you know, you got Moses Maloon, who's who's telling us he can get 25 a game. Draymond, you know, Draymond it just is an outlier in terms of like, yeah, I get he's six six, but he can guard any big in the league. Uh, if they got multiple six seven six eight wings who want to rebound and do that sort of thing, like, yeah, that's that's pretty much the difference between them contending and them losing in some in some way. Buying in is the biggest part of this. The Wiggins comp is, is pretty damn good. Buying in is is something that they didn't have last season. It's something they had two seasons ago, and then it's something they didn't have three seasons ago, right? With the Kelly Oubre team and 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 those guys. So. Uh, this team is definitely definitely sounds bought in. I mean, the dude is smiling all the time. Now, I do think Kaminga, uh, I, I, I kind of don't know like what, what kind of changed his mind about it. Maybe he kind of realized that this is going to be the best way to go about making, making my next contract, or he realizes this is a great place to be. And uh, if he can play, he probably can be able to close. I mean, he's someone that, I mean, we talk so much about Chris Paul or Kevon Looney closing or starting games. I mean, if Kaminga is going to be an elite rebounder or a very good rebounder and he shoots like that, I mean, there are going to be many games he's going to be closing because of how good he can be. Yeah, and it's just to piggyback off that point, he, he's too talented to not do that. It'd be like a waste opportunity. It's not because his situation, to your point, it, it's not like it's not like Wiseman or I was like, man, he. I don't know if he can play, you know, like I, the game moves too fast for him. I didn't think that was ever really an issue with JK. It was more about like buying in and, and, and getting, getting that opportunity there. Yeah. The game, like the Warriors style might move fast, too fast for him, but doesn't seem like it anymore. Does not seem like it anymore. He is locked in and he brings something that the Warriors don't have. He brings rim pressure. Uh, he had a move on AD where he just, he went up, right. Pulled over to his left hand and finished right by him. Like it was, I don't know, dude. Like Wiggins doesn't even do that, right? Wiggins doesn't even do that. And Wiggins is an, an, an elite athlete. So, um, Todd, Todd in the Todd in the chat, and you kind of said this also, but he goes when Looney mentioned Kuminga knowing his role, it seems like he was maybe implying that wasn't the case for last year. I feel like, look, Kerr has said it more directly than that. They've they've all said it, you know. Maybe, maybe whether it's immaturity, stubbornness, or whatever. Last year, you know, he maybe wasn't buying into his role the way he was now. And I think that's that's really – it could be that simple. You know, I, I keep thinking about Steve benching him in the Lakers series, and, like, they really could have used him then. We, we've talked about this. And it's, yeah. you know, Steve's going to get to go to the podium and be like, it was for the greater good, you know? As long, as and, you long. know and you know what? If we get 10 rebounds – Big game three, turn a series in the playoffs performance. I can't argue with the man. I just cannot. can't do it. I cannot. Hey, did you uh, um, did you catch Loon talk about stuff you wanted to add to his game? He said mid-range jump shots, free throws. <laughs> mid-range jump shots, but that was pretty good. He said too many threes. Team already shoots too many threes. I can't argue with him against that one. Um, I like the playmaking one, though. The third one he brought up. The playmaking one, right? I wonder. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if he's going to play more with Chris Paul. Um, because yep. to the Kuminga thing, yep. if you're playing Kuminga, you put Draymond at the five, uh, makes sense. It's like, you know, the new version of the death lineup, right? Like you got, you got, you got Draymond, Wiggins, Kuminga, Clay, Steph. It makes a lot of sense defensively for how we know the Warriors like to play, right? Well, that means maybe Looney is now running second units. I'm not even talking about starting, but like that stretch where Chris Paul's running the show. Maybe, maybe it's a Chris Paul Looney pick and roll. Like I know he's, I know he's not, you know. And not getting vertical like Blake Griffin or Clint Capella or like some of his former lob threats, but 
they're both high IQ players. But because they're super high IQ, yep, in the yeah. curse system, that it's less so about the lob threat. It's about the passing. It's about what they can control, like Draymond, right? It's yeah. similar to Draymond to what he can control, and he's damn near. I mean, Loon's almost just as good as Draymond defensively at this point of their careers. I mean, Loon is so good defensively, and he's a much better rebounder now than than Draymond. Draymond's kind of fallen off there a little bit. So, so yeah, I, I see that. I hadn't thought of it that way um, at all, but I can see that as a thing. The secondary playmaking is a thing. We've thought of Sarge being that guy as well, yeah. but maybe they can throw Sarge at the end of quarters. I mean, there, it does seem like because the depth is so high, there's so much different stuff that they could do with the different lineups. Um, there's a bunch of different combos that can work, Sam, that I don't think we've even thought of yet because, because they can kind of throw – they don't need to play Jordan Poole with this, right? They don't need to play Wiseman with this because if Wiseman plays with this, it won't fit, right? They, they, they don't need right. to like make sure they play two or three guys. They can kind of throw pretty decent lineups out there no matter who they get as the five. Yeah, like, and we're not even mentioning Moses Moody, but, like, another guy. It's like, you can put him out there in space. Like, he's already turning into, you know, he's not, he's not Clay Thompson, but, like, a mini Clay just running off curls, spotting up in the corner, um, and being kind of that second unit shooting threat. We, we're seeing him do a little more in terms of secondary shot creation. You know, again, you're not going to have Moses Moody run pick and roll, but you got Chris Ball to do that. You don't need, no. you don't need Moses Moody. So, you know, it, it was just one preseason game, but if if the jump from Kuminga and Moody is real, obviously Chris Paul's a Hall of Famer. Dario Saric is significantly better than Jermichael Green. That's four rotation players they didn't have last year. You know, that's Tony Lamb. That's Dante DiVincenzo. Oh, we forgot GP2. Yeah, we... Five rotation players they didn't have last year. Literally you know, even though two of them are internal development, that's remaking your entire second unit right there. Uh, and I don't know that it's a worse second unit. Like, let's let them play some regular season games, but I think I might lean with this depth being better than the championship depth of two years okay, ago. Okay, all right. Oh, too oh, early. oh, oh, too oh, early. Okay, too no, early. no, 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 sorry. Yeah. I was ahead of myself. I was talking about... Yeah, I'm not, I'm you, not, I'm not uh, touching 20. 2000. Yeah, yeah <laughs> sorry. Um, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I think the upper echelon version of Otto Porter and uh, Jordan Poole even. Like, Jordan Poole was so damn good uh, that year. He was incredible. Yeah. I was watching some old clips of him playing hot potato with Damian Lee and, and Bielitsa, and I was just like, man, <laughs> you remember how locked in Jordan Poole was uh, that championship season? But anyway, yeah, I, I think they've got a they've got a maybe a, uh, the ceiling isn't the same, but it's, it's 10, 11, 12 guys that can just go out there and hoop. We don't really got to worry about someone that goes out there and just completely unable to play basketball. And we saw that pretty much every game, <laughs> pretty much every game, even in the postseason. So I don't think we have to worry about that as much. Even Pajemski. I mean, it, lets you, it lets you everything you need to know about their depth last year. It's like Jamichael Green, unsigned free agent. Anthony Lamb, New Zealand. <laughs> um, James Wiseman. Doesn't look like he's going to get a rotation spot on the Pistons. On the worst team in the NBA. You know, and I'm not trying to like pick on any of them, but it's like, look, man, <laughs> if they can't if they can't get like regular minutes in the NBA, that lets you know what the Warriors were working with last year. You know, um, even Pajemski, who I thought looked ama- amazing, strong. I, he looked really good for a rookie in the first game. He's probably not even going to get to play unless they rest a bunch of guys because their depth seems like it seems like they got 11 like regular NBA rotation players right yep. now. Yep, that's uh. It's all true. Ty Jerome's the one that we're missing. He got a contract from the Cavs, so good for him. Looks like he's going to get some good run out there. But again, he's going to be the third 
fourth guard right out there. So it's not mm-hmm. like he's starting or got $10 million. So, but man, you know, I love me some Ty Jerome. All right. What's next? You know, what we didn't talk about. I feel like we should talk about it real quick. Um, the drew holiday, the second part of that trade gets sent to the Celtics. Uh, we were locked into a few other things. Now we know the final lay of the land. I don't even think I asked you, which team do you like more, the Milwaukee Bucks or the Boston Celtics? Because Miami is basically running back what they had last year, and who knows? It could work again. Jimmy could go nuts in the playoffs. He kind of does that sort of stuff, right? Um, but Milwaukee and Boston, the two other, the preeminent favorites in the East, they, sh- they shook up their teams. Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Really? Yeah, by far. I'm, I want to hear you talk Celtics. I have no idea what you're going to say. I, I, I want to hear you talk Celtics. I'm going to go with Milwaukee. And I, I think I'm always going to pick the, the team that has the best player. And they added a guy that, as much as we want to talk about Damian Lillard, he just fits that team so well. So, so, so well. They need a guy that can handle the ball, that can create. They just didn't have any of that. Even when they won a championship three years ago now, almost three years ago now, they still had so much trouble creating offense. They got just enough from Chris Middleton and... uh and uh, and Giannis to, to win that series against the Suns. Of course, they also have to play Chris Paul and the Suns, so it makes it a little bit easier. But Drew was bad throughout the large patches of that postseason, right? Remember, he would go like four for 19 half the time. So you you get someone like Damon there, it makes life a lot easier. Um, I think, look, defensively, it's a problem. But if you're talking about one, one team that I can count on that's going to come out of the East, that has the biggest floor, that, that also has the biggest upside, that's a team with Giannis and Dame on it. And 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 even with questions about Middleton and Lopez, I can argue same questions apply to 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 Porzingis and those guys, those guys. So I'm I'm gonna go with the Bucks. I don't think it's that close, Sam. I'm going the other way. Sorry. I'm doing it. I love your Celtics. I do love my Celtics. Uh it's a little little bias in there. Um I'm not convinced Giannis knows how to play in a team where he's not the first option. Mm. And I don't know if this fits going to be as seamless as you think. I think the I think people think Damon Giannis is going to be like what we thought Steph and Giannis would be like. Mm-hmm. But Steph knows how to play with anyone. Dame True. is kind of a guy who's like ball in my hands. I do everything my way the entire way. Uh, and I don't really know what to make of their new coach. I'm not convinced he's good. Not not necessarily proven. Like if you gave me Damon Giannis and you told me Spolstra was the coach, I'm like, oh, he's gonna get them. He's gonna get them to figure it out. They'll go through some growing pains, they'll figure it out. I'm I need to see it because here's what I think will happen. It's gonna turn into my turn, your turn, because they're both monsters. You're gonna win a certain amount with that because Giannis can score 30 on anyone, and quite frankly, so can Dame, right? But are they gonna are they gonna come together? Is Giannis Dame gonna be a pick and roll threat? Did Gian, does Giannis really even set screens and do that? Is that his game? Is Dame gonna move off ball? I haven't seen him do it ever. Um, and then to your point on the defensive side, I don't know, man. Drew did a lot to cover up for the fact that Brooke Lopez is pretty slow. Uh, Chris Middleton's had a lot of injuries. He's long. He's a smart defender, but I don't know if he can cover space. I'm buying the Celtics because I think Drew can do for Porzingis what he did for Brooke Lopez. I think he's going to make it so that they don't have to play. They don't have to switch because Porzingis can't guard anyone to switch. Let's be honest, right? Um, 
he's gonna he's gonna get over. They can play a drop coverage. They have enough wing athletes to get around it. Uh, and I don't know. He's better than Marcus Smart. Like Marcus Smart's not really a point guard. He's is not he really a shooter. Better than Marcus Smart. Oh, he's a lot better defensively. I don't know if he's a lot better as a basketball player. Is he that much better than Marcus Smart? I think he's. I think he's twenty percent. 20% is a lot. I think he's 5% better at most every aspect of the game, but that's a lot when you're talking about the margins at the high level. Like, he, who's a better shooter, Marcus Smart or Drew Holiday? I eh. think they're kind of the same. They're streaky. Kind of the yeah. yeah. Who's better at creating off the bounce? Drew. Who's a better passer? Probably Drew. Um, yeah. If your offense is Drew going one on one, you have problems no matter what. I, I do think offensively that, that remains the problem, though. You know what I mean? Even Defensively, you- I think Drew's better. Also, by a large, large, their, their issue is their issue is that they cannot listen, score. Listen to ever. listen to listen to Steph Curry. Who <laughs> who guards true. you better? Drew true. never mentions Marcus Smart. You know, so Marcus Smart definitely not. Well, not after what we saw in the NBA Finals. Definitely not. You but, are uh, you are correct. It doesn't solve their who's handling the ball at the end of games issue. I don't know. I just I think their construct of physicality and Tatum being the guy who has to close for them will probably, I, I like it more than Milwaukee's uh, Giannis. Can you guard everyone at the same time defensively scheme? They got going. The, right the, the Bucks will need Giannis to lead the way that Steph had, uh, sacrificed um, mm-hmm. when KD went on the team. They'll, they'll need Giannis to sacrifice. Uh, you make a great point. Uh, we've never seen him kind of not dribble. He, he he can say all the things he wants to about wanting to set screens and wanting to dive to the hole and wanting to, to sacrifice, but we got to see him do it. Um, so I, I get that. The, the Celtics, they don't move me because the issues remain. The, like, who's to say they play the Miami Heat in the second round again and the same thing, just the same exact series just doesn't play out again, the same exact way. They can't score. They can't. They can't some, yeah. They don't have anyone for Jimmy Butler. Is, is Drew Holiday really guarding Jimmy Butler? Like they just, it's just going to be the same. Porzingis, are we really trusting Kristaps Porzingis in a, in a series? Al Horford's almost fifty years old now. I mean, I don't know how many more minutes he has left as a big. guy. If there's any team who can't mock that, though, <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah, let's they'll find honest. a way to still beat the Sixers. That's for sure. I mean, Horford will still lock out Embiid, but um, but I just, I just don't see like if the Celtics had somehow ended up with Dame, then we're talking because you have enough defense around him. Um, if you had kept Robert Williams somehow to 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 figure it out with Dame, and so that's why it's kind of it's kind of like the Bucks probably needed like it, or sorry the Celtics probably needed Dame more than I think like it, it would have put them over the hump. I don't know if any of these moves put either team over the hump, but I trust a team that has more top end talent at least. They, they did kind of both switch one set of problems for a new set of problems. Um. I liked what I saw from the Celtics in the preseason game. Dame and Giannis didn't play in their preseason game, so can't say anything either way. Like it's irrelevant. Um, I don't know. It's it, I, I think it's interesting, and I'm kind of. I, I just think this one's going to work out for the Celtics. I call it a gut feeling. I'm not convinced. Dame, second option, first year coach. Not convinced he's a you know. I'm not, I'm not even saying he's a bad coach. I don't know. Uh, he's not Steve Kerr. He's not Greg Popovich. He's not Eric Spolster. He's not one of these guys where it's like, oh, if you give him talent, he'll he'll make it come together. Like where you're not worried about it. Uh, it just 
they seem like one of those teams that's going to look better on paper than reality. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that goes for a lot of these teams nowadays in the NBA, but um, you know what the continent you know what they could use? They, they could use, instead of trying to go get a flashy, I can score 30 point per game guy, go get yourself, go get yourself a Brock Purdy. Yeah. <laughs> now that's a real point guard. Now that's a real point guard. Facilitator gets the ball on time where it needs to be, right? I'm sorry. I just, I just don't understand why if you watch Niners games and you watch Jimmy Garoppolo play the last three years, and then you go watch 10 games of Brock Purdy. I don't understand how you can say with any type of conviction that it's just a system. I just every time he drops back, I don't have a shitty feeling. I'm not ready to shit myself like I was when I was watching Jimmy Garoppolo. He's not turning the ball over. He's not stepping out of bounds in the end zone. He's throwing the ball down the field 20 yards. I have never seen that before from a Niners quarterback. Not since Colin Kaepernick was my QB. <laughs> so I just, I don't even, are we doing the Niners segment now? Yeah, it's so just, it's, 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 it is unbelievable. The it's kid is unbelievable. Fun, it's been a fun 24 hours. Yeah, it's, I, I mean, I first off, that was his best game of the season. I mean, shocker. They throw four, t- career. throw four touchdowns. You know, probably your best game of the season. Um, and dude, they're, they, I don't know when they're going to lose. At some point, they're going to have a no-show game because even the best teams lose a couple games a year. But like, they look so good on every level. Like, we're their worst game. It's because they play with food for half the game after they scored thirty. Right? Like, it looks so easy for them. You texted me two minutes into the game uh, last night and said, "Yeah, the the Niners are going to win by fourteen plus." And I go, "Relax." It was before, hey, th- hey, it was before the game. Give me my credit. Uh, no, like we hadn't seen a touchdown yet. We hadn't seen anything yet. You were just throwing it out there. And I was just like, yo, okay, you know what? I got yeah, my dinner the, ready. <laughs> I've had my tequila. I'm ready to stress, you know, and there was not a maybe there was five minutes of stress in that game. Maybe. And uh, I don't know. I, I'm a partial observer, right? I've watched this team for a long time. You're you're an impartial because you're not you have you're not a hardcore. I'm not as I'm not, not living and dying, right? It's, it's not deep in my heart the way it is yours. But they do look like the best team in the world. I mean, I, I just it's offensively, defensively, the defense looks incredible. I don't know. Are they peaking too early? I know I know some people are asking about that, so that's always an issue. But it's like I don't know. You have a who to me, Brock reminds me of of um Drew Brees. So he yeah. reminds me of so much because he's a little short. I mean, he's six one. Um, he's so he's a little tinier than like your prototypical quarterback, right? He doesn't have a massive arm. He's not throwing. I don't think we've ever seen him throw it fifty yards down the field. Um, yeah, but he throws a nice thir- twenty to thirty, like that. Yep. Um, yep. I feel like Brady always threw those. Brady never threw it fifty yards, but oh. it was always just like darts twenty five yards down the field. Yeah. I'm not comparing him to that. I'm just saying like there's a significant difference between. You know, Jimmy can't throw it down the yes. field. And like he hits those 20 to 30 yard, like clear first down passes. And then you get to the Mahomes, like 60 yards is nothing. Thing. There you go. Right. Like yeah. he doesn't have the Herbert, Josh Allen, Mahomes arm, but he's got everything 30 and under. Mm-hmm. But also, the crazy part is, and look, I'm not a football expert, but he always does seem to go boom, 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 boom. Like yeah. it's like how Steve Kerr talks about. What does he talk about? Like 0.5 decision-making second, right? It's just, you get it, you decide. If it's not McCaffrey, if it's, if it's not Debo, you go to IU. Like, he just sees it, 
as mm -hmm. fast as anybody can see it. That was the issue for Trey Lance, certainly the issue for Jimmy. And you look around the league, even the even the even the best quarterbacks, like big, strong, tall, whatever, like they don't they're not mentally all there the way Brock is. I don't know. I don't know how you don't I don't know how you can scout that, but damn, he's got all of that that you don't yeah. see from from guys. I also love how he just breaks people's brains. Like they like I don't know how great he is relative to the best guys in the league, but he's very clearly a good starting quarterback. And every week I watch him, I'm like, maybe I'm even being too low on him. Like I'm hedging, I'm hedging too much because it seems just, it seems like, it seems like a Disney movie. You know what I mean? Like, yep. uh, but it just, it breaks people's brain that the last pick of the draft could be the, the best quarterback is, I guess, second best quarterback in his draft best oh. i mean like in the nfl he's he's like he's better than i'm not even gonna do like a top 10 whatever but like he's better than kirk cousins he's better than jimmy garoppolo he's better than Derek carr like he's better than can, those are we all, can say very clearly he's better than jimmy why because we've seen them operate the same team the same team and and i would say cousins, that's a one for one <laughs> cousins car jimmy is like that that's like the the definition of average to like slightly sure. above average quarterbacks I would say Brock is, you could argue maybe at his worst is at that level. And right now he's definitely playing better than all those guys, which would put him as a top 10, 12 quarterback. And it's unbelievable. That's that's why the Niners throw on third and two now, Sam. The Niners have never thrown on third and fourth. And go for it on fourth down. That's They've the never done that, right? People are yeah. watching this like their first time. They're like, oh, Kyle is always. It's like, no, Kyle never does that. Kyle does not go for fourth and two. At their own forty, at the other team's forty-four, he would probably punt or kick a long field goal. It's not what he does. He doesn't. It's go what it's down. what he does and what he didn't do that tells you everything you yep. need to know about, um, you know, Purdy versus Jimmy or whatever it may be. But man, dude, it's like, look, I don't even want to go too deep into it, but it's just, it's amazing how good they look to me right now. Like they feel like peak warriors to me, where you're just kind of like. They're so locked in. They're deep in every level. They know exactly how to play with each other. And you know it won't last. And it's not that it won't last like the rest of this year, but like eventually guys get older or injured or seasons change. But it, right now, through five games, feels like feels like team of destiny to me. Uh, it won't last. They only need it to last one season. I mean, that that's it. And also, I think – this is the best season. I, you know, I love myself some Grant Cohn. He called this the best chance the Niners have to win a Super Bowl. I can't disagree. I, I just This is as good as it's going to get. They're elite both sides. They have no weaknesses. Um, but also moving forward, I think you can start to kind of imagine the Niners being good long-term if you're going to have a quarterback uh, that's going to be able to uplift guys. That's going to be able to... Uh, a guy you can build around a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Versus, yeah. oh, we need to surround him, which is what they had to do with Jimmy. Is we need to surround him with an elite running back, an elite receiver, elite tight end, elite O line, elite even. We need to do all these things. Now, granted, Brock is all those right now, but maybe if he's going to be that good consistently, then you could start to say, well, we don't need to pay, like, salary cap wise, we might not be able to pay Debo and IU, right? Maybe we just end up with one and they expire with that. So that I just, long term, that that's also good for Niners, but I don't know. End of the day, let's just get, I just need ones. Just need one. That's all I need. We'll leave it there. We'll leave it there. Appreciate everyone for tuning in. Appreciate the loon god for coming in. Good times. Bye, guys.